This is Trainer Talk, presented by Fasig Tipton on the Horse Racing Radio, Horse Network. Racing Radio Network. Trainer Todd Fletcher has reached the stratosphere. It was all have another for Doug O'Neill. Moon over Miami for Bill Mott. 3,000 for trainer Mark Cassie. Trainer D-Way Lucas, a six win. And Bob Baffert with another incredible milestone. But it was all for Scott McGee. Win number 1,000 for the great Trevor McCarthy. Here's 2,000 for Nick Zito. Steve Asperson is now North America's all-time leading trainer. Now, here's Mike Penna. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Trainer Talk, presented by Fasig Tipton. This is the show trainers listen to, and you are listening right here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Mike Penna, Baron of the Backstretch, happy to have you along for the ride, as always, for the next hour on Sirius 162 XM 207, streaming worldwide at horseracingradio.net and available anywhere you get your podcasts each and every week, so make sure you tune in, not just to Trainer Talk, but all of our shows every single week, wherever you access your podcasts. Well, my guest on today's show is coming off his best year as a trainer in 2023, and he shows no signs of slowing down through the first six weeks of 2024. As a matter of fact, much to the contrary, the Venezuelan native who is best known around the racetrack as Kikito has already saddled 25 winners, which includes the first graded stakes winner of his blossoming career. That memorable moment came last Saturday at Tampa Bay Downs, and this is how it sounded from track announcer Jason Beam. Three quarters, one ten and four. It's no more time into the stretch. West Saratoga on the outside, right up alongside. Agate Road has made up significant ground down the far outside. It's starting to steamroll home. No more time past the eighth pole. West Saratoga, here comes Agate Road, right down the center of the course. No more time, has to make a final 16th of a mile. Agate Road, three lengths back. It's no more time. Agate Road is closing stoutly. No more time. Running out of time is Agate Road. No more time in front. No more time. Wins the Sam F. Davis. Agate Road was second, long way back to West Saratoga. Legion Meadows, they photoed third and fourth. Please join me in welcoming trainer Jose Francisco D'Angelo to Trainer Talk presented by Fasic Tipton. Jose, appreciate the visit, my friend. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mike, for the invitation. Uh, really happy to, to be here today. Congratulations, Jose, on that tremendous win. As you were listening to the race call from Jason Beam, what things were going through your mind? Take me back to that moment. Well, that, that that moment was amazing. Uh, um, very, very good experience. Uh, you know, uh, I, ha- I had a little pressure on me because you know how is the, the sport. And after the Holy Bull, that fierceness uh, lose the race, everybody, you know, play on me a little bit. Hey, Jose, you had you had to run the horse at the Holy Bull. You you know your horse was tough and blah blah blah. Um, you know, uh, I I was pretty sure that that he needs this this one last workout, you know, on him because I know very well the horse. Um, when I ran the mucho macho man, I I know he wasn't fitted enough, and he looks like the winner, but he was tired on the last furlong. So when the horse won, you know, like hey, I I, I the pressure gone. I'm so happy, blessed, and excited because my first grade, um, you know, is the, is the race that that put you can put you on the derby 
um, three-year-olds, so a, a mix of, of feelings, but all amazing. You know, I, I am living a dream right now. Well, you are living well, a dream. Living and, a dream. And, and people... You know, people did maybe say, hey, okay, no more time should have run in the Holy Bull. But they're not around the horse all the time. They don't know the horse like you know the horse, Jose. And as you said, you felt like you needed one more work in him before he got rolling again for his next start. And that workout came at Palm Meadows the morning of the Holy Bull Stakes. So rather than running him in that race, you decided to work him. And obviously it was the right move. Yes, but you know, like you, you know how how is everything? And um, sometimes you always do the right thing for the horse, and and you think that you are doing the right thing. And hey, you don't win the race, and so when you don't win the race, you wasn't right. So yes, I you know was little nervous. Uh, I I always very sure when I do something with a horse, but you know I have to tell you the truth. I was little nervous to 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 take the run the wrong decision, you know, scratching him, working him this day, uh, or at least waiting, you know, to the last minute to, to work him. But I really worked work him, uh, worked him really early on Saturday, you know, to, to no regret. Um, the, when I saw the horse uh, breathing, the gallopad was amazing. I called the owner and said, hey, we, we can't lose the, the San Davis. What do you do now after winning the Sam F. Davis? Do you bring him back to the Tampa Bay Derby? Do you maybe come back to Gulfstream Park for a race like the Fountain of Youth? How do you play it from here? You know, uh, no more time is a horse that that he's not he's not big horse. Okay, so it's good uh, good space between races for him. Or goal is uh, is go to there is maybe Derby. Okay have the derby points and, and run the derby. So we don't have the the decision uh, now. You know, we have plenty of options. We have the, the Tampa Bay Derby. We have uh, the races here. And, and also the, the horse get the invitation to, to Dubai, okay? But, you know, we are we are waiting. Just we have uh, some days after, after the Sam Davis. Um, let's see the, the 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 next weeks. How is him? And um, we're gonna take the best decision for him, not for us. You know, Jose, in the the Sam F. Davis, he found himself on the lead, and in his other races, he came from slightly off the pace. He was in a stalking position. What's his best running style? You know, uh, the on the mile uh, when he won, he he break. And he get the lead like on the middle of the tax stretch. Uh, for this race, I spoke with the owners and I say, hey, we don't have. Uh, uh, they asked me, hey, Jose, what is the strategy? So I say to them, the horse is pretty sharp. He's ready for today. I would like to have a good start and see what happens. Okay, because uh, on the San Davis we have we had like three or four horses that come from short to long. And when that happened, you know that they used to go to the lead. But also can happen too, like nobody can, you know, nobody wants to take the lead and, and we're going to be close there. So I say, I would like to be there, you know, because it's first time going long um, as soon as, as you, you know, like a uh, conscient you are on the horse, like with good fractions, we're going to close better. Always, first time on long. 
<clears throat> for a for a three-year-old. So I think like he his best he, probably his best uh, move is like like the way that he breathes. When he works, he like to go, you know he he starts like slow and close and close hard. So probably in the future, you know, educating him better to run second, third, and make just one move at the at the corner gonna be better for him. But you know. He's imp- he's pro- he he is still improving. He he is still little green, so probably can can be a horse that, that like the the white to white too. So we're gonna see. Since coming to the United States from your native Venezuela, you have been associated with some pretty good owners, including the folks at Grupo Seven C, who we'll talk about later in the show. But tell me more about More Play Racing, the owners of No More Time. Okay, in No More Time, the owners are. Uh, Rich and his son, Rich and Josh Mendes, okay? Also, Tim DiRenzo and Randy Harley from Harley and DiRenzo, Toro Racing of Gala, okay? They they give to me the, the... I'm very grateful with them because they gave to me uh, good horses, uh, no more time, six hard. Uh, and they say, hey, Jose, we have this horse, uh, we bought this horse, no more time to to have some fun. And hey, if you can, if you can, if he can bring us to the derby, come on, <laughs> let's do it. So you know, when somebody decides that to you, everybody buys a horse with this idea. But that can make happen is is amazing. So they they did a, a great job, a great job picking him at the sales because he's a forty thousand not this time from Iowa bred. Uh, that pick him with this idea, okay? Um, and that's God day. Now we can say that that is happened because the horse is making points, the horse is doing good. So uh, that's why uh, I am grateful with them. And um, you know, they they bought more horses and they are coming for to the barn. And you know, when you are a trainer, you just need the right horses and the right people to make these things happen. You know, you can be the greatest trainer. Of the world, but if you don't have the right horses, you know you can you can make anything. You can win some races, but to go to the to the big races, you always need a, a horse, a real horse. And this is a, I, I I came from Venezuela, and this is a country that is very competitive. You know, when you go to the sales, nobody is is playing around. You know, the people is focused. Uh, the people have agents that work so so hard. Had, had they spend months, you know visiting the fans, checking the horse so many times before uh, bid on them, but not buy them. Uh, and buy a horse here is, is hard. If you don't have the right people to do that, you know, you can make, you, you can be lucky because, you know, in, in horse racing, uh, the luck is, is a special, is, is important thing. But, you know, if you don't have the right people to buy the right horses, you, you can be the, uh, uh, you know, be on the on the big races every year, you know. Big big on stand on the on these good races. Yeah, I always say it's like a coach. Uh, let's say a yeah. basketball coach. You can be the greatest basketball coach in the history of of the sport, and if you don't have the players and the talent, you're not going to compete with some of the other other teams that may be coached by somebody who is not as good but has better players. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
It's the same thing. You know, I'm glad you brought up the, the pedigree, too, being an Iowa bred, because I, I flipped through the Kentucky Derby media guide, and there has never been an Iowa bred to win the Kentucky <laughs> Derby. And, Jose, I couldn't find anywhere that there has been an Iowa bred to start in the Kentucky Derby. So you may have the first there if you can get there on the first Saturday in May. Yes, you know, that that's funny, too, because, you know, uh, like like horse trainer, uh if somebody brings a horse to me, I don't see who is the sire, uh, who is the where, where he from. You know, I just train the horse like a horse. Um, um, I gonna see, you know, where is the right spot to go with him. So, like, like everybody says, like you know, like hey, Iowa bred. You don't see so many good horses from from Iowa, okay, especially here in Florida. So. Uh, I was training him, and like one week before the entry of to, of, of his maiden race, uh, Dean say, "Hey, Jose, you have you you have to have your eyes open on the on the Friday Meadows races because the horse is Iowa Red. Iowa Red, Dean? Yes, he's Iowa Red. I you know I feel like afraid because hey, how, how I don't gonna do that? The horse is Iowa Red because I try to to don't see too much." The, you know, the pedigree where I'm training him to, to see what they show to me at the mornings and later see the pedigree and see, hey, he has, blood, you know, blood grass uh, or long or to go long or to go short or whatever. But you first have to see the horse because you know how is that? Like probably you bred a, a sire that, that run good on grass and a, a mare that run good on grass and the horse is especially on dirt. So... Wow, he's Iowa red, <laughs> and he don't look like Iowa. He don't move like Iowa red. He moves like a Kentucky <laughs> red. You know, way when you have a horse that New York red, Iowa red, Florida red, whatever, and the horse is good, when you put there, when you put them on the gate, hey, they they are just a they are just a horse, a, a, a horse runner. You know, so that that's very interesting too on him. When did you first know that he could run a little bit? Uh, I know since the first workout, he do everything. He did everything fast, okay, uh, with showing talent. Since the first day that I, that I worked at him on the gallops, I don't see I don't see him t- uh, too much. You know, nothing much because he was little immature, little grim, and he liked to play a lot. So you know, like no focus. Uh, that's why he he used the, the blinkers closer, uh, close blinkers. Um, but since the first workout, hey, when I put in company, hey, he did fast. He he goes so fast. So hey, the, he he has talent. Well, he has plenty of talent, and now we'll see where things take him. No more time. Has plenty of time to get to the Kentucky Derby, and uh, it would certainly be a great story if Jose Francisco D'Angelo could find himself there. Jose, I referred to you in the open in my opening comments of the show as Kikito. That is what you are known as around the racetrack. Tell me about that nickname. Yeah, yes, because my father, everybody knows my father like Kiko. My grandfather put his nickname on him, and everybody knows him like Kiko. Nobody calls him like by his his real name. So it's funny because everybody uh, at at the racetracks. Uh, call me by Kikito. You know, in Venezuela, everybody, like nobody calls me by my name at the racetrack. So if I am on the street and somebody calls me f- with from uh, with my name, Jose or D'Angelo, I know it's somebody from the school or the university. 
Well, if somebody say Kikira, I know it's from the race, from the horse <laughs> racing. <laughs> I love it. Your dad, Francisco, obviously had so much success in his training career. How much have you picked up from him that's helping you now as you're training on your own? I, I learned everything from him, everything. Since, since I was a, a child, I, I, I always with him every day, every morning uh, to the racetrack. Uh, when when my friends go to went to vacation uh, to one place to the beach or uh, outside the country, I just spend my vacation days on on the farm with him. So the most important thing that that I learned from him because I'm still learning from him. We work together. We have amazing thing here. Uh, it's like you have to be patient with the horse um, because the horse that the horse gives to you. Uh, probably a horse gives to you something in one month that he don't give in one year. So if you wait 12, 12 months or two years for a horse, he can run big one day and, you know, change your, your life. Is the patience uh, at the moment to train a horse. Uh, um, the most important is, like, uh, follow your feelings, training a horse. Um, you know, you have to wake up every day uh, at, at the same time, work harder, Every day than every day, you know, like if you win, don't care. You have to, to work harder. If you lose, don't care. You have to work the double. Is is that that the most important thing that, that I learned from my father? Uh, we're still working together. We have amazing team here in Florida. And that's why uh, when I go out with the horses, uh, we are, you know, all the things flows good, smooth good uh, at, at my barns. And in all our operations, um, you know, I'm still learning. This is a is a profession like you every every day you you learn something. The horse, every horse is different, and if you do something in one horse, probably don't work in another one. So that that's why I like I love uh, the horse racing because every day is, is you know another. I, I know every day is different story, and every day is di- different things to do. Um, you know, it, it's amazing. Uh, spend your day around horses you mentioned the work ethic that you learned from your father what is your typical day like jose how much time are you spending focused on your horses uh, i spend all the, all my day you know like uh, my routine on the week on monday is is our tougher day because on monday we check all our horses by ourselves okay all our horses uh, horse by horse leg by leg um, on Monday, we we make the the plan work for the week because on Monday is the right day because it used to be the dark day on the track. You know, the, the, all the horses come from the races and the workouts. <clears throat> so you can see how they come back, and that lets you make a plan with them. If the horse comes sore, if the horse lose some weight, you know. Uh, so on Mondays, I check all my horses by myself with my father and my team. I make the, the you know the list for the farrier for for the bed. Uh, I set up the workouts. Hey, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work out the horse each each seven days. The horse needs more days between workouts. Uh, that's the my my the day that, that I work <laughs> so hard. I arrived to the barn like 5:30, 20 this day, and I finished probably I left the barn like 9 p.m. Okay, mm. the rest of the day just wake up so early, go to the barn check the the foot list i am very very picky with that i i like to see how my horse 
and horses eat, you know, is 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 the the good indicator to see how 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 they are. You know, if they have a problem when they feel something, <clears throat> the first the the first uh, uh, the first signals that they have something is is on the food. They left some food, so I were on that and later go to the track and I like to spend the day on the barn because you know when you walk in the barn you can see. How, how they are on the stall and, and how happy they are, you know, they are doing. And, you know, I spend all my days that don't have races at the, at the barn. And checking the, it's very important to check the books too to see where is the right races to run them. No more time after winning the Sam F. Davis. I'm going to assume, Jose, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to assume that when you went to the barn to see him the next day, you were you were really hoping that he ate up all of his feed the way he's supposed to, and I'm going to assume he did. Yeah, yes, you know, hey, he he left some food. He he's he's the kind of horse that that he's not the best eating on the world. So, <laughs> hey, I, and and also uh, his menu is different than the other horse because he likes more the oaks. So, uh, that at the morning at the morning time. He ate the regular food, okay? But later uh, on the night, I have one night watch a guy like he put, you know, more food on him, but he has to put more oaks and cook it. It's the only way to make him uh, eat all the food. So, hey, he's a little picky with that. And, and, hey, we enjoy, you know, making him happy eating the, his food. I, I never realized that horses could be picky eaters. I used to own a dog, and... Our, our dog would – the only thing he would eat for his food was kibbles and bits, but he only liked the kibbles, and he would pick the bits out and leave them on the side of his bowl, and he would he would eat the kibbles. And and I said, boy, this is a finicky eater for a, for a dog, and I didn't know that was true with horses too. Yes, I know. It's, it's amazing. I, I had a horse like uh, – I have a, a supplement from Purina that we use, uh, it's like a small, like, uh, like grains, okay? Um, this horse, every day, he, he left on the, on the tube, like, like, like if he ate the food with sushi sticks, you know, like he left <laughs> all, the, all the grains of the Purina. <laughs> so, hey, how do you do that? You know, how do you eat just the right food that you want? So, no, hey, the, the horses are uh, amazing animals. They, they do some things that, that you never think that they can do that. Talking with Jose Francisco D'Angelo, my special guest here on Trainer Talk, presented by Fasic Tipton, fresh off of that big grade three win, the first greatest stakes of his training career here in the United States, and that came last Saturday at Tampa Bay Downs with no more time in the Sam F. Davis. Um, Jose, you, you attended university for a couple of years, studying business administration before you decided to drop out and pursue your training career, following in your father's footsteps. Um, Let's start with the university side of things, business administration. That has to be helping you now because you're essentially running your own business as a horse trainer, right? Yes, you know, like uh, that's very important because, more, uh, like you know, like my job is just train the horses. You have to know uh, a lot of, of business because, especially here at this country, like you have to deal with payrolls, uh, taxes, uh, and taxes employee everything so that helps to me a lot but i come from the universidad metropolitana in venezuela and the like the 
the logo of, or from my university over there, like they make leaders. So they they teach, you know at the at the long I just I just left one semester to to get my title. So as the long of my car as my career uh, at university, they they teach you like how organize a a company, you know, a business, um, you know how how deal with the with the employees. You know they 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 uh, take that very important uh, on the career. And I think like it's the the thing that I, I'd be grateful, you know, uh, to to learn that because here is you have to be a not be a, you don't have to be a trainer, just a trainer. You have to be a a real good manager, you know, organization, all your things to to all close good. Especially now with the higher rules and all these things, if you make a mistake, you know, can can hurt your business. And in the with the workouts, with the when the horse do inject the horses so i have all organized we have a good team um i i feel like i learned that from from my university what are some of the biggest adjustments you've had to make with the new hisa legislation uh, probably probably because you know the, doc- the doctors do everything you know the medication and, and they have to know what you can do and what, and what you can and not but the one important thing like 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 I see, and and you can see like how many trainers get get fined and suspended. It's like with the workouts and the injections, you know, because before, uh, you know, you don't you don't have to like if you inject the horse, uh, you have to wait. Uh, you you don't have to wait seven days to to work out. So to me, like it's a it's like a big concern, you know, because I have uh, horses here in Tampa at, at New York. Um, if you make a mistake just working six uh, between six days, you get fined, and if you repeat, you get you can get suspended. So that is the is the most important thing. The other the other things about the LASIKs um, and the medications, uh, you know, the the sport is changing, and they are doing the the best for the horse, and just we have to adjust to that and deal with that and and learn how train the horses with that. You have to you know be a trainer and. Um, um, Keep your horse happy, Sam, uh, for the race. Yeah, happy horses seem to, to just run better. What led to the decision to leave your education behind and move to the training side of things to follow in your dad's footsteps? Uh, you know, like the big decision or, or the big trouble, like the, the, was the way that I see that on, in, in that moment was talk with my father and say that I want to be a horse trainer because, you know, this is a profession like it's very, very sacrificed profession. You know, you don't have uh, free days. You don't have vacation. You don't have uh, the horse don't know when if it's New Year's Eve or Christmas. Uh, you, when you have to work, you have to work. And if you have an emergency, you know, you have you have to be there with your horse. So you know, like a father, he 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 really he he don't he don't want uh, me looking me train, uh, training horses. Uh, so I spoke with him and I say, hey, like my grand like my grandfather support you. Just I I need that you support support me. And and he said yes, but that that we had this conversation uh, when like at the second year of my career. So I start training horses. And at the same at the same time, I was going to university, so I started with like with two or three horses, and you know I started to win races and get more horses, get more horses. 
So at the point that I get 150 horses, um, you know, like what's hard for me go to university. Like I just I just miss w- one semester to get the title, but I, I can't. You know, I cannot. I have a big business to run and so many horses, and that's why I, I have I don't finish the the university. You know, it's a big feeling because it's like a like a goal. You know, you have goals in your in your life and. Uh, for sure, I, I love that I'm doing, and I, I never see me uh, working in another in an, in another team and in a company. I, I love that I'm doing. I love the horses. I went to some classes. I I went tired to to the to take some tests. Uh, I lose. I lost my friends. To to enter less less. Uh, I don't know how how the right the right way to say like. Uh, you know, I, I cannot do the full the full uh, the full year, so I put le- less um, grades. Maybe is the is the name of that here. So I I start to to go to classes with new people to don't lose my career. And I don't finish, but I don't I don't play that. I am so happy now. And hey, you know, I I think I I get that that most important from my university. You talk about the goals. What what goals do you have set for yourself now as a horse trainer? Uh, the true, I try to to don't think too much. You know, if hey, I want to, we to don't get obsessive. You know, with, like with the Derby or with the Breeders Cup or the big races. I I just want to have a to have win races every day. But for of course, I have goals, and my main goal now is have better horses every year okay uh, because when you have better horses you go na- natural you know you go to better races and when you go to better races you know you go to you know you go for your go- for for your goals my goals now is go to the big races the derby the oaks uh, rear's cup um to do that to do your plan you know you have to uh, keep winning races and the right races to bring to this kind of races. So that's my goal right now. And right now, Jose Francisco D'Angelo was winning the right races, and as you heard him say, hoping that continues going forward. That is the goal. We're going to talk more with Jose right after this short commercial break. Jose, if you would, just stay with me. We're back in just a couple of minutes, and we'll talk more about your career, your upbringing, and uh, that emotional first win that you picked up in your training career back in 2012. It's a great story. We'll tell you that next on Trainer Talk, presented by Fasic Tipton here on HRRN. Nominate now for this year's Fasic Tipton Selected Yearling Sales. The July Sale. A strong market for precocious and athletic yearlings that attract the sport's leading end users. Last year, 40% of yearlings sold brought $100,000 or more. The 103rd Saratoga Sale. The crown jewel of American yearling sales, Saratoga set new sale records for the second year in a row, including the highest price yearling sold in the world in 2023. Ties upstairs, $4 million even. New York Bread Yearlings, the number one marketplace for New York breads, held during the Saratoga race meet. Selected sales, superior results. Visit selectedyearlings.phasingtipton.com to nominate now. 
and rise above the crowd at our 2024 selected yearling sales. It's time to get ready for the 2024 Thoroughbred season at Woodbine Racetrack, the number one turf track in North America. Season runs from April to December with over 62 million in purses with an industry-leading stakes program including two Canadian classics. The Grade 1 Million Dollar Rico Woodbine Mile and the Million Dollar King's Plate. Woodbine offers top safety rated racing and training services, plus world-class facilities. Make Woodbine your home turf this season. Learn more at woodbine.com. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park. Live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races and make plans for opening day of the championship meet on Friday, December 1st. Dine trackside in 10 Palms with an elevated view of the track and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. Well, Fazig's family, basically. Some of the guys that work here I've known for 30 years. I just felt really supported and they're, they're great communicators. They try to help in whatever you do. Phasic Tipton has a sale for every market, every segment in the industry. There's multiple opportunities where you're gonna have plenty of good buying and selling situations. Great customer service. I'm not only a buyer with them, but I'm a seller and I've always been well taken care of. There's a lot of different things that sometimes you need at a sale, and, and Phasing Tipton is there every step of the way. They show year after year that they're ethical and they're fair, and they enjoy what they do. But when you're around people that have a combination of all those things, you know, you can't lose. This is Trainer Talk, presented by Phasing Tipton on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Three quarters and one ten and one. Storm Runner turns first. Working overtime between is Jesus's team, but he's still right there. Dak Daniels on the far outside as they turn for home. Storm Runner is digging in from between horses. Jesus's team trying to press past down the center, and Dak Daniels is back to third. Sixteenth of a mile to go, and Jesus's team just keeps on grinding, and he's up for a narrow lead. Jesus's team will win the claiming crown jewel. Hard work, but he got the job done over Storm Runner's second. Dak Daniels was third, then Treasure Trove and Prince of Arabia in 149 and one. Welcome back to Trainer Talk, presented by Fasig Tipton here on HRRN. This, of course, is where horse racing comes to talk. And today, I'm spending the hour talking with trainer uh, Jose Francisco D'Angelo, talking about the success that he has had in a very short period of time here in the U.S. and in the midst of a fantastic start to his 2024 season, including the big win in the Sam F. Davis Stakes, the first graded win of his career last Saturday at Tampa Bay Downs. That was the way it sounded December 5th, 2020 at Gulfstream Park in the Claiming Crown Jewel when Jesus' team got the victory for Jose D'Angelo there. It was a tremendous run. Jesus' team took that entire D'Angelo team on a tremendous ride, which we're going to talk about here in the second half of the program. But first, I do want to remind you, if you missed any portion of this show, head back to our website, horseracingradio.net. You can listen to the podcast whenever you have some time, and you can do that too on every podcast platform. So however you access your podcast, type in Horse Racing Radio Network and follow along with Trainer Talk and all of the shows we bring your way each and every week. 
Jose, that win in the Claiming Crown Jewel was a huge one for Jesus' team. But, man, the ride that that horse took you and your family on was really special, wasn't it? Yes. No, I, I, always, I always, a lot of probably everything to Jesus' team because uh, he put me on the map. You know, he bring me to all the big races and always show up. He never, he never give up. He never run bad. He never have a bad race. Um, you know, uh, I learned everything with him a lot because one of the of the most important thing here in USA is like every track is different, different rules. You have to get a license in every track, every state. Um, you know, in Venezuela, that's not exist. Uh, one of my of my uh, big mistake, um, um, you know, that I learned with him. Uh, when I ran the Haskell, it was the first time that, that I go out with a horse. Uh, when the Nick Juarez go out from the jockey room, he go out. We are we are running as a great great a great race for one million, and the horse run on their on their house seals, jockey seals. So hey, where is the the group seven C seals? No, you have to. You know, I learned that. That's a small thing, but very important. So. Hey, he he teach me everything about cheap a horse, uh, about the the rules. So it's easier learn with one horse that learn that with ten or fifteen horses. Okay, so uh, that's why I'm very grateful with him, and and he bring me to all the the good races, and I, I meet everybody. That's make me my life easier here. That's a fascinating story about the Haskell in 2020. That was the first time Jesus' team had run outside of Florida and, and either Gulfstream Park or Gulfstream Park West and goes to Monmouth. And, and as a trainer, you think you've got this whole thing figured out. But in the first half of the show, you talked about how every day you're learning something new. And I don't think that that gets talked about enough. With trainers who come from other countries, the rules here are completely different and things can Things can take some time to get used to, can't they? Yes, no, some time, and also, you know, can can you can get positive because the medication is different in every track. Uh, you know, big problems. You if you if you don't know or or if you don't know from the right way, and if you if you don't have the experience. I remember also, uh, I claim a horse here, and I moved the horse to to New Jersey this this year. Uh, with Jesus' thing, and when I'm gonna enter the horse, I don't know about the jail. Okay, the jail time. So, some so if so many things that you have to know to train horses here in USA, like to to do good, good, uh, good because it's a business too, and you have owners investing money and paying every month, and you have to try to do the best for the horse and for them to to keep the hobby or the sport making some money for them. So, yeah, it's 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 hard, but Thanks God, I get Jesus' thing. Um, we we went to almost all the tracks. We went to Mammoth, to Saratoga, to Keeneland, to Dubai. Um, I learned a lot with him, especially especially on chipping horses because it's it's hard. Sometimes you have a horse ready, um, you don't chip him on the right way, um, the horse gets sick or whatever or get tired, and you lose the race because you you lose the race on the chipping. If I recall correctly, weren't you driving him to all of these different locations yourself? Yes, I was driving the uh, one friend of mine. Uh, I borrowed his his trailer and his truck, 
and I was driving him. And you know, some some highways you can you cannot go with the, with the truck and trailer. And I don't know, I I don't know that. So the one from <laughs> hey, why are you driving there? You gonna get fined? I put the GPS, you know, half an hour GPS for for like when you are a trucker and you you get the right ways when to transportation some horse in the New York area. So a crazy, crazy story with with Jesus thing that that I learned a lot with him. You know, driving the van. Another great learning uh, process for Jose Francisco D'Angelo. Let me walk you through this series of races that Jesus' team competed in because people may forget about all of the big races he showed up in and ran his race every single time. He runs in the Haskell. He finishes fourth behind Authentic that year. He comes back in the Pegasus Stakes at Monmouth. He runs second. He goes to the Jim Dandy at Saratoga. He's third. He's third in the Preakness after that. And then he comes to Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, and he's second in that race. And then, of course, the Claiming Crown Jewel. We heard that call coming out of the commercial break. He wins that race in the following start. But that succession of races, Jose, walk me through the Jim Dandy, the Preakness, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. What was that time like for you and for your family? Oh, was. Tons of fun and, and amazing moments. Moments to me, it, it was a dream. I still, you know, sometimes I have dreams, and I, I, I was on on these times. So, you know, I, I love it. Uh, all that happened with Jesus's team. I was pretty sure that that I gonna win these races, and I don't win. I don't win any. Just run second, third, second, third. But was against amazing horses, trainers, and jockeys. Uh, so you know, it was good experience. I, I learned a, lo- a lot of people, and and the you know the the horse he always show up because sometimes you train horses that they are good horses, they are you know uh, super athletes, and sometimes you train horses that just have big heart. To me, Jesus thing, he was a good horse, but more than a good horse, he have a big heart. Okay, like he always show up, always here here on heart. If when you know if you see the claiming crown, he won by a half leg, you know, by a small, small difference. But he ran the big races close to against better company. So he was a horse with a great heart, a big, big heart that, that bring me all these opportunities. What was your experience in Dubai like with him? Uh, that you know, what, what go to Dubai was one of my dreams, like a horse trainer, because. You know, you run there on night, and the track is huge, and it's a big experience. And was one of the richest races on the world. Uh, and the you know, we run second at the Pegasus here, and we go there. Uh, was amazing. You know, was like the same, like living a dream these days. Yeah, it's it's an incredible ride. Jesus's team ended up winning one point. $3 million. At least that's where he's at currently in his career. He's now competing at Camarero in Puerto Rico, and I know that that's probably uh, a little bittersweet for you. How closely do you still follow his career? No, good, because uh, the owners of Jesus' team was Group 7C, and you know, he, 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 they decide to don't, ha- don't, don't keep him more, but you know, he don't want any great race here. So I owe it to him a lot, and I say by myself, hey Jose, like you have to work in in 
and give a good life for him. You know, if you let, like, put the horse on a cell um, or whatever, I know, like, his valuation gonna gonna be probably down, but for his real valor for me, uh, because he's sentimental too, um, I say I have to do something uh, to work something on him to give a, a good future, okay? So I, I, I train horses for Mark Thatcher, Sonata Stable. Uh, Mark is a big enthusiasm uh, horseman uh, worldwide, and especially in Puerto Rico where he lives. Um, I say, Mark one day say, hey, Jose, I am looking to one horse to run the Caribbean Classic and the 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 series of the Caribbean over there. It's like our Breeders' Cup. Um, okay, Mark, I say, let, let me think on something. Like two days, I say, hey, probably if I if I spoke with the owners of Jesus' thing and with Mark, we can find out something because I'm pretty sure that in the all the story of the Caribbean for Puerto Rico for Venezuela. No, you know, never uh, a horse like with the campeon of Jesus team, like second on the Breeders Cup, second on the Pegasus, uh, went to Dubai, uh, be there like a sire because he don't ha- he's he's son of tap of tapitur, not tapit. Okay, if he was tapit, for sure he get like probably Florida Stallion or Niger Stallion, whatever. Okay, so I say, Mark, I have Jesus team. He have a big heart. You can. You can run him a few times and try to make the the Caribbean, the Caribbean series. But the only favor that I'm going to need is, like, you know, never see him on a claim and, and be a sire. And he say, hey, Jose, come on. You don't have to ask that to me. If I bring the horse to to Puerto Rico, he's going to be the, the biggest sire of all the time. So now he won, like, two great stakes over there. Yes. And he, they decide to retire the horse. He's now a, the big sire of Puerto Rico. Um, he say like he's uh, giving the the stallion shares for free for for all the mares for one year to have a good the first uh, a good first good crop of of horses of babies. So I am you know Mar still Mar and his family are still sending to me photos of Jesus' thing at the farm and you know I feel like I pay to to Jesus' thing that he made for me. Jose Francisco D'Angelo, my special guest on Trainer Talk, presented by Fasic Tipton. Jose, as we were wrapping up the first uh, first half of the program before we went to the commercial break, I said we were going to talk about the emotions of your first win in 2012 in Venezuela. The horse's name was La Rinconada. Tell me more about that win. Uh, my my first w- victory in Venezuela, uh, half two. One, one like no official, um, one official because <laughs> I was working, I was working like trainer under the name of my father because I started to getting horses there to to be trainer. You have to, you have to went to go to the school and spend some years, okay? The the career like probably two or three years over there to get the title like trainer, okay? So went to classes and uh, you know every day and blah blah blah. So I was at the classes and at the same time one friend of mine said, hey, "Jose, train a horse for me. You you know you you can't do that." Yes, of course I say. So it was at December 23rd. My first horse that I won, won. But I run the horse under the name of my father. My father was retired in Venezuela. But I run the horse. The horse won by gallop and the horse get the cue. 
So was I never gonna never forget. Was <laughs> December 23rd. I was pissed, you know, my first all running and get the queue, and um, with the apprentice ride. So you know the the stewards can be you know softer because was an apprentice, wasn't a professional. And um, my first victory official was with a filly named Queen Norma. Uh, was important, you know. Every, every victory for me is important, but for, for sure your first victory you're never gonna forget this day. You know, win a race is a is a give to you a special feeling. Like no no matter if you if you have a a hiccup or, or you feel bad, you you win a race and every, every you know everything is fixed. You feel good and happy. So this the first one is so special for me. Yeah, and the horse's name, by the way, I was incorrect. I said La Rinconada was the name of the horse. That was actually the name of the racetrack in Venezuela. Dasha was the name of the horse that crossed the finish line first and then was disqualified right afterwards. So you you had your first win, you lost your first win, and you came back and got (laughs) your first win with Queen Norma. That's quite a ride. Yes, yes, that's that's right. What was La Rinconada like? Uh, It's a huge track. Uh, I I know if I am wrong, but the same person that did Churchill Downs uh, was the same architecture that that did the Rinconada, that made the built the Rinconada. It's a big track. It's beautiful. We uh, you know we come from uh, Venezuela that is so so. It's like uh, the people love the horse racing. It's very different. Like here here the people love the horse racing, but in Venezuela like everybody. So, you know, we have a, a big fans over there. Uh, everybody likes to go. The the Grand Sang is big. It's huge. It's similar like like New York, you know, so big. Um, I, I learned a lot from there. Um, you know, there, the technology there is not like here. Here we are on the top. Uh, so I learned a lot there. I, I'm very grateful to come from Venezuela. Um, um, they spent my, year, my first years over there. There have been a lot of really good horse trainers and a lot of very good jockeys that have come from Venezuela. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think because, like we say, like it's a big sport over there. So when you have a big sport, you know you you work hard to to do better. Um, when when you have like the problems and no and you don't have the right tools to fix the problems, you learn more because you know you start to Try things. Hey, the horse, the horse have this thing. Just you know, uh, put some ice or do that. You know, here you you have you go you went to the tag shop and you have everything. For example, so probably that's why we have good school. Um, all the the old Venezuelan trainers, like by generation, uh, learn in Argentina. Um, from I I hear like uh, one one of the Siadie uh, one of was one of the big trainers of all the times in Venezuela. You know, he come with good culture um, from these countries, and you know that by generation we learn from that. What do you enjoy most about training horses for a living, Jose? Uh, you know, in my case, I love the animals. I love the horses. You know, to me, the horses uh, are uh, a phenomenal, um, amazing animal because. You know they are stronger than you. If if they want to to finish with you or or to not train, you know they can do whatever they want because they are stronger animals. So and they are so so noble that they let you 
train there in the way that you want just to make your you happy, you know, just to run on the way that, that, that you want. So that is the is the the most thing like like make me admire the horse, you know. I I really at uh, more than like because I love them. I admire the horse, you know, like how they how them let you train them and hey, I want to run the horse in front. I want to run the horse on long, and and they they let you do that and they show up uh, at the day of the racing, you know, when at the afternoon r- running for you. So that's that's the one of the more thing that that I enjoyed. You know, like you spend all your day with with these beautiful animals and they go for you later on the races. Earlier in the program, we were talking about your father, Francisco, and his accomplishments and how you learned so much from following him and watching him. And you continue to do so to this day. If there was a another trainer, Jose, that you could spend a day with and you could have lunch, have dinner, pick their brain, ask them any questions you wanted to ask them about training horses. What other trainer or trainers might you want to spend the day with? Of course, uh, also I did. You know, I I I try to I try to learn for everybody, for every training. You know, every person that win a race have something good that you that you can see and learn in your way and modify in your way and do your your own thing. You know your own your own way to to train a horse uh, i have a, it's funny because i i have i have lists on my phones like for example uh chad brown uh buffer um i you know when i see something for example chad brown is one of the greatest trainer on uh now um on the grass he's, you know like i like he he's amazing you know training horses buffer uh, the same so i i try to i know they are so busy um i try to ask to them and they are very you know very very open with me and, and very helpful for me with advices um it's very important you know because it's the way to 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 you know you learn from from this the superstar kenny mcpeak him uh brad cox uh, all these guys, I, I learned from them, and I asked to them, and and they they let me. It's funny when I went to the to Kingland for the Breeders' Cup, I was on the same barn of Brad Cox, and um, you know he's from Kentucky. He won some races over there, and in my country, in Venezuela, the weather is the same weather all the year, all the year around. This is same weather from January to December, so there was was so so chilly. And you have to use the blanket on the horse, different kind of blanket on the horse, put the hot water when they come from the track, train at this time. I, I, I asked to Brad and his team, and they was very, very gentle with me, helping me, you know, teaching me. Um, and, and that, you know, that made me better, better trainer. Uh, I try to, you know, to have have some notes. And every time that I have the opportunity to to talk or spend with a good trainer, I ask this question and I learn. I, I am not afraid to to ask because it's the only way to learn. When you learn, you are better in whatever you do. Well, you've learned extremely well because those lessons are now paying off as you continue to build on your career. And as I mentioned, a fantastic start to 2024, Jose. We're down to just a couple of minutes left in the program, and I always love to wrap up the show by asking trainers to let us know something about them we haven't talked about yet. So are there other hobbies or interests or things that you enjoy 
outside of racing? Oh, that's that is rude because I I I come from a I come from a family like love the sports, and in my case, I just love the horse racing. So I just see horse racing every day, and I spend my day looking the books for for races for my horses. You know, I, I am not a big fan of the of the of the sports, so or another thing. So, I, you know, I try to just spend my days on, on the barn or looking races. Nothing else. No other hobbies or <laughs> nothing, not, not, nothing. you don't like to read or work out or anything like that. No, hey, you know, I I try to take care of myself and and spend you know some some hours when I have time on the gym and you know I I like the cars i like the watches but you know i i like most the the horses so <laughs> i you know some people that's good because some people love the love the sports and they hey, they they went to a game and you know it's it's good it's you know you you put your mind thinking in or that's good too but in my case i, I don't i am not a big fan of the sports just of the horse racing what other sports does your family enjoy hey, my father loved the baseball my grandfather loved the baseball and also, my grandfather was uh, a boxer, but his parents don't let him be professional. So he 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 fights under another name in the old times in Venezuela. He he they come from Italy, so his parents don't let him make his dream. And my brother, he loved the soccer. He's playing soccer good now. So, so you know that's good for them. But in my case, I just love the horses, so I'm spending all my days looking races. And, and you know, when you see races, you learn because you see, for example, a, a new side running short, and when you get the baby, say, hey, I saw he has some birds that, that do that and, you know, give to you some idea. So, hey, I, I am good with, with my horses. Keep doing exactly what you're doing, Jose. Don't change a thing because it's working, <laughs> and I am thrilled for all of your success, and I really, really, really appreciate you spending some time with me here on Trainer Talk today. All the best with no more time and all your horses going forward. Keep it rolling. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Let's try to do our best with these horses. I have I have a good three-year-old, and the baby's coming up. Uh, looks so great, too. So hopefully we're going to have a, a nice year this year all the best my friend thank you jose francisco d'angelo the man they call kikito around the racetrack with this special visit for you here on trainer talk my thanks to jose my thanks to my producer kim price in our lexington studios i'm mike penna thanks for listening to this edition of trainer talk presented by phasic tipton check out the podcast if you missed any of it it was fantastic